Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to the Popcorn Talk Network. For the online broadcast network that features movie discussion, news, and interviews, press one. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. Let those who worship evil's might beware my power. Green Lantern's light. From the Popcorn Talk Network, the online broadcast network for movie talk, and the schmoes know, this is DC Movie News, bringing you the most up-to-date discussion and commentary within the DC Universe. Welcome, fans of the DC Universe! We have a very different lineup today. I'm Adam Gertler. I'm Alan Sizzler Kistler. Alan Sizzler Kistler, of course, at... Sizzler Kistler, K-I-S-T-L-E-R. I'm the author of the unofficial Game of Thrones cookbook and Doctor Who History, which hit the New York Times bestseller list. Which is so annoying. Let me just say one thing that really pisses me off about you. All right. Um, be- let me get to it before any of the people in the chat roll who want to talk crap about you. I want to talk crap. So you might know, I've, I've, I've had several shows on Food Network. I've been, I'm in food. I make sausages. It's and true. you get the idea to make a Game of Thrones cookbook. <laughs> I mean, where was I on that? There was absolutely no creativity. I'm like, I actually, and, and I'm even more pissed at you because I want to get the cookbook and like make stuff from it. It's a fun cookbook. I had a lot of fun times with it. Wow. Well, listen, man, if you're around this week, I'm having a little crawfish boil. Maybe you can come Ooh. down and we can sort of, that feels like that could be a, a very Westeros thing. I'm down. Where would they have crawfish? Like, what would, what's a real, like, island or fishing city? I feel like. I mean, like, like Dorne. Dorn, oh the crawfish of Dorn. Yeah, you have nailed it. Dorn is crawfish. <laughs> um, but this is not a show about Game of Thrones or food. This is a show about DC movie news and the world of DC, and particularly this week when we had about oh nineteen trailers for new DC inspired TV shows. We'll be talking a lot about TV as well. Um, Johnny and Roxy. Could not be here this week. They're both on the East Coast. Um, so uh, I wish them the best, and, and I'm here. And, and Kalinowski, uh, well, you know about Kalinowski. He and I can never appear at the same place at the same time. So <laughs> I tried, and there was almost a, a catastrophic uh, Earth-ending event. So uh, we got the Sizzler, and we got the Gertler, and I'm really happy about it. We're going to start off talking about uh, another gorgeous a uh, piece of Wonder Woman promo art, uh, courtesy of, uh, Umberto Gonzalez El Maimbe. Um, more warrior. I know last week we were taking a look at, uh, I wasn't on the show, but there were people were looking at, uh, Diana with the cape. Right. The regal sort of cape. And, and then there was mention of, like, I hope she's got swords. Well, in this picture, she got swords. I like this picture. I think I think this is very cool. If this is the, you know, what I also like about this is how the colors stand out in her. You know, I mean that was that was my main thing with I wasn't when the you thought it was too muted at first. I thought it was too muted. You know, because mm-hmm. uh, because I'm like you know this is a superhero. Let's let's bring it out. Let's rock it out. She's not supposed to look like uh, in, like she blends in the background. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't mind it as much. I don't mind the uh, the color palette that that Snyder uses. I know there's a lot of flack for that. I like, mean, that's Superman. just that's a preference. By no yeah. means does the color palette ruin things. That's a yeah. preference. Um, I love the outfit. I, I think you couldn't possibly ask for more of this. This seems so true to the spirit of the character uh, in the comics, and I can't wait to whether we see her going crazy with the sword in Batman v Superman or in her own movie. You know, I, I like to fantasize about the kind of action that I'm going to see that's going to get me jazzed. Right. Um, I've been talking for a long time. Is I think Zack Snyder's direction of what will be Batman action, I think, is going to be incredible. You know, it's it's the only thing that with the sword, though, is, is sort of like when if you gave Superman a sword where I'm always like, you don't really need it. Like, so, so I do, not that she shouldn't have uh-huh. a sword at all in the movie, but I think if you're going to have the sword, like, have it really be for an epic moment. Of well, like, oh man, Wonder Woman brought out the sword. This is, 
Now it's serious. What, what we know? don't know is how powerful she's going to be. Don't we don't know, know her power set. And You're right. I, I don't think she's going to be Kryptonian level power. I think that oh, may be too much. And I, and I don't think she should. Honestly, as much as I love Wonder Woman in the comics, I also constantly think maybe she shouldn't be able to fly. Like, I, I kind of agree. Preference. I kind yeah. of agree. I don't need her to fly. I want her to be able to sort of like leap. Like a la early Superman mm-hmm. and and be incredibly strong, yeah. but I would also love to see like the sword and be like this incredible skilled warrior princess. Yeah. Like I want it to be like Black Widow action times a thousand. You know, that's what I really want to see. Nothing wrong say. with that. Nothing wrong with that. Design. You know, and I and I like Black Widow yeah. action, but like I'm just hoping, and I can't wait for all the different personalities of the fighting styles. Um, why not? She's a freaking warrior, exactly. I shouldn't. Oh yeah, go- no. It's, yeah. it's. I mean, it's. it's because because Wonder Woman and again it's also like how you play the sword like Azarello yeah would have the sword like be able to be something that she could summon and I thought that was cool because it keeps the mystic realm and everything okay and even though normally she's so strong like she can punch through concrete like a sword is not yes. going to make her that much deadlier whereas uh, when some artists depict her as having a sword and it's just something she carries and she doesn't even have a hilt yeah that to me I'm like well that's someone who's really looking for bloodshed and which is not she's really, carrying it all the time yeah. right which is not really wonder woman to me like she's she's a badass but yep. she's not generally like eager for a fight she's not wolverine you know but she likes competition it's gonna be interesting to see how she's used in batman v superman i still have no idea i don't know if she's gonna like break up the fight boys right. boys boys or or if she's gonna not be fighting if i would she's actually be mostly... love that if if she were the one guys guys you're both, yeah we're your both superheroes come so on let's, guys let's start a league uh, did you see a lot of people putting up the uh, Ben Affleck pictures? We don't, we didn't have it, but Ben Affleck standing in front of the missing poster, and you had Henry Cavill Superman on there, and it was like Ben Affleck from Gone Girl when he awkwardly smiles in front of it. People, oh wow! People were putting that on Twitter. I thought that was really, really funny. <laughs> and I think some people actually started to speculate. Oh, it's because Kal El went into hiding because you know. And I'm like, uh, that was actually Gone Girl. Um. <clears throat> So lots and lots of Suicide Squad pictures. So let's um, let's just scroll through some of these. Right on. Um, a lot of Margot Robbie and Deadshot getting really close uh, in a rainy set situation mm-hmm. uh, on the set of Suicide Squad. It's a tale as old as time. I mean, uh, right now I'm looking at the picture of uh, of Margot Robbie's butt up there. Will Smith holding her. He looks comfortable. Um, I don't know. What do you think, man? What do you think of all these set photos? Because this is already something we didn't even get with BB, uh, BBS. It's like lots of actual set photos of, yeah, of action happening. I mean, I think I think Margot, honestly, of there are a couple of things that you, you get concerned with with any movie. Like, I hope they don't mess this up. Margot Robbie has not been a concern for me. Yeah. For Harley Quinn. And it's one of those things where, like, yeah... Someone pointed out, "Will is that the Harley Quinn outfit you would design?" No, but that doesn't make it bad. I think I think she looks fine, honestly, for the kind of Suicide Squad they're putting together, for the world they're putting together. Yeah, I think I think she works fine. Like uh, my, I thought I did think it would be funny if at some point in the movie she does put on the animated costume. Yeah. Just because of how weird that would be, and that sort of emphasizes how nuts she is. Oh, I think we're going to get some something like that. We're yeah. going to get some stuff like yeah. this. Is pretty much the only outfit yeah. we've seen of her so far. But and but also, you know, the the whole daddy's little daddy's girl and, daddy's and Joker's property, yeah. right? Jo- daddy's monster and Joker's property and everything like that's that fits in with the character. She's not a healthy character. Yeah, and when you see her with that bat. Yeah, I think that's. I think Harley's going to be the the standout in this movie. Yeah, and like I'm not upset that there's no giant mallet. Like that bat is the real world version of a giant mallet, yeah. and that'll do a lot of damage. And that's a brutal, brutal way to hurt somebody with with a wooden freaking bat. Also, also, you're not gonna. I mean, we have set up a certain style of universe here, and the yeah. mallet doesn't work in that universe. And I tell you what, the mallet when uh, it's like Stephen King's The Shining. Yeah, and in the movie they made it an axe. Yeah, and a friend of mine was one time talking about how you know in the book it's it's uh, it's like a golf club or a croquet mallet, yes. it's a croquet mallet, and how that was scarier for her because she's like, I just believe someone's more willing to use a, a, a blunt object on me than a blade, like, right? Because because we have this like inhibition with blades and such, so 
I think it's it's kind of awesome that she has a bat because I'm like, man, she's going to use that. I, I can't wait to see what scene this is because this is obviously the whole squad in action and they're being like kept away from the public. It seems like to do their dirty business yeah. and like and they're letting this girl like she must be really brutal that they need her to aid yeah. all these other guys. Yeah. Like that's what I'm curious about. Is like what is this 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 little rock, you... rock chick bring to the table alongside all yeah. these other well-armed leather-clad men? Yeah, we've we've got we've got strong people, we've got assassins, we've got killers. What do you add that we don't already we have? We need crazy and hot. That's what this <laughs> squad needs. It needs a little bit of crazy with a lot of hot. I mean, and even Katana suits that. I, I will say I don't get mad every time. I don't see her holding the bat in the rain. It's really hard for me to be mad at it. I mean, I could be critical, but on the other hand, I'm like, yeah, but no, sure no, is pretty to look at. It's it's Harley. It's definitely um, Harley. You know what's even cooler? Uh, oh, oh, one other thing I want to say is some people were questioning, why do you think there's so many uh, set photos as opposed to v- BVS? I think it's a different style of film. I think a lot it more is. shot on green screen in Batman v Superman in a, in a closed studio. Half, and this is more in a real, real world. What do you think about that? Half the trailer of, of BVS was CGI. Yeah. I mean, the, the freaking statue, and I'm still confused yeah. who would build that statue. Yeah. But the statue is CGI. The cityscape yes. is CGI. The the yeah. Whereas here, this is going to be a, a practical effects heavy movie. Ayer's style is more in a practical effects, and I think Snyder's is almost going to be like not quite as cartoonish as Sin City, but it's in a more um, uh, you know just a, a, like sort of Art Deco kind of world, almost like in a world that will emulate a realized version of the. Batman the animated series world I kind of okay, see. Okay, yeah. That's how I'm sort of envisioning it. Yeah. Like not, you know, not so hopefully it's used to a, a positive effect. And it's just to give this real, you know, we, we got Gotham being introduced for the first time in this film. Right. But staying with Suicide Squad, there is a great little video if you haven't seen it of Will Smith on the gun range. Um with his like uh AR15 rifle. Yeah. And you know, what really stuck out to me is, like, here's a guy who's handled a lot of weaponry in a lot of films and could probably fake it. And it just it's another thing. I could get really excited. He's really taking the reality of Deadshot seriously, that he's working so hard at at sharpshooting. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's Will, – Will Smith, say what you will about a couple of his movies. Like, he's a good actor. And he's an actor who really cares about his roles. I think this is badass. Like, I mean, even, even though he's handled weapons before in the past – that's not the same as playing someone who's basically the the sniper and and a villainous sniper. So if this helps him get into that that kind of character arc, if this helps him think about like what kind of a guy is basically living by the gun. What's going to sell Deadshot is not like a a long shot of him taking somebody out, but a close up of him, how he changes the magazine. Yeah. How he communes with those weapons that are you know so if that's what he's focusing on to me that's what I want to see that's the right thing because you can do a lot of things with effects to make the guy look like a great shot yeah. but it's like when you see somebody like just even the way you hold the gun or put it on I've never handled the gun in my life so I'm not the guy but it, it just like it, I mean it looked awesome it's a great little video check it out incredibly excited for Suicide Squad I, I think Suicide Squad is going to be badass I'm really looking forward to this movie David Ayer I think it's going to be great yeah and you know the thing is like they're going to they, they have the potential to get better like it's such a new universe we're going to see what's going to mm-hmm. happen with BBS the Suicide Squad it's sure. going to as much as they have a plan the plan will have to adjust itself as the universe decides what it wants to be oh of course um, we got a nice look at the Batwing from some art uh, also Courtesy of El Mayimbe. A lot of people pointing out the fact that it looks like you might have like a boat within this flying structure. Do you see that? What do you, what do you yeah, think? Yeah, I can that? see like like that that main pod suddenly ejects. Yeah. Yeah. It's I think it's a wild design and and I think it's great. I think it totally makes <laughs> sense that as much as Batman might make some Batman themed stuff, uh-huh. like it does make sense when you're making a car or a plane. Like, maybe you don't have to shape it like a bat. Maybe you will figure out what's actually more aerodynamic. The best thing about <laughs> uh, Tim Burton's Batwing was that there was that one cool shot where we finally got to see the logo against the moon. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and that, I was fine with that. I'm like, uh, yeah. great design. Yeah. When he just but floats was- up there. To the that, swell of and then also music. that was that was that so made sense in the Tim Burton universe. <laughs> yes, 
the, with the the Tim Burton style of Gotham and this Tim Burton dress sense for the Joker, that totally made sense. Yeah, Snyder obviously is not operating in that universe, and this works for what he set up. I would bet that Snyder's Gotham is going to be like part Burton and part Nolan. Like if you mash them up somewhere in, in the middle, as sure. far as like reality versus like just gothic, you know, as the the structures and the buildings being used uh, to convey levels of personality. Also, if this is uh, an older Batman who's been added for a while, you would hope that even if Gotham started looking like Tim Burton's sort of hell on earth city yeah. that something's improved since yes. then and maybe can look more like a Nolan city where it's like it's dirty but we could He's live there he's done some work yeah. uh, so you know some people pointed out that uh, Batman I actually saw this Batman was on the set of Suicide Squad like it's clearly Batman under a, a, a towel like under a black thing did you see that yeah okay so I guess you know I would say before you know I was saying like oh well we know Affleck's in it we know uh, in Suicide Squad he's gonna be as Wayne but it looks like we will be getting Batman in Suicide Squad as well which I mean you keep we still don't really know what the the synopsis what the premise of this movie really is and I heard someone say that it takes place before BVS have you heard that I haven't heard that but that would Hey, chat roll people out there, anybody watching, listening to us, do we know that? Is that confirmed that 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 Suicide Squad takes place before BVS? Interesting. I mean, if if BVS becomes basically a two-parter to, to create the Justice League, then I guess that would make sense. You know, what yeah, because like what if like part of what the Suicide Squad is needed for is the fallout of the Metropolis thing? Right. That I could mean, be interesting, that, like clearing again, buildings out, stopping riots, stopping looting. Like, I mean, is it an assault on Arkham type story where that's where the Joker's role is? That they've got to get information from him, or they've got to break into it for some reason? That's or, what I've always assumed. I've always right. assumed that the Joker was going to be the Hannibal Lecter in the cage right. until the end of the movie. But we'll see. Well, I mean, we'll see I, about that. I I really just want to see. Just a rumor, not confirmed. Not okay, confirmed. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's what I thought. I would think that these would be linear. So I'm hoping that yeah. that's okay. I I do want to want to see now Affleck's older Batman sort of just like <sighs> with Harley. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> She's like trying to needle him. So like, <sighs> yeah, exactly. And then just like that one punch thing. Yeah, yeah. One punch, one punch. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, they're in Midway City. That's right. That's right. Thank you very much for pointing that out. We did see the cop cars that do say Midway right. City. Right. So we so don't Hawkman. know what kind of chaos that they're bringing them out. Someone also pointed out that in the new 52, Harley is an enhanced. So maybe that makes sense. I'm not aware of that. In what way is she enhanced in new 52? I mean, her, her physical attributes okay. are, are, I mean, it's jacked a, up. Yeah. Yeah, which actually they did. She's like a crazy female clown Captain America enhanced. <laughs> well, it's like they did this in when they introduced her into the actual comics in um, the Harley Quinn graphic novel in 1999, 2000. Was that because in the cartoon, it was it was a cartoon, so you sort of accepted certain things like her athleticism and the big mallet. Whereas in the comics, even though it's technically also a cartoon, yeah. there was a different sense of realism in the comics. The Joker was much deadlier, so you had to sort of explain why the Joker would find her useful. Right. And so in the comic, before she actually is really becoming Harley Quinn as we know her, after her first adventure, the Joker basically leaves her for dead. And then Poison Ivy found her, and in healing her, also used these serums on her ah. that gave her this enhanced physicality, vitality, uh, agility, strength. And so now that made sense, because when she came back, she, like, takes out all the Joker's thugs, despite her lack of training, and the Joker's like, okay, no, I didn't really mean to leave you dead. Sorry. You know, if you can help me against Batman. <laughs> Holly, so, you're okay. Right. You're so, okay in my book. <laughs> <laughs> so, basically, she becomes the weapon for him, and that was the excuse. Ah, uh, well... Very excited about all these things. Now it's time to start talking about TV stuff because the chat roll is going crazy with people wanting to start talking about uh, uh, all this stuff. Oh, I will mention some people mentioned the Tom Hardy thing. Tom Hardy gave an interview. What do you think about the fact that Tom Hardy kind of made a mea culpa and he said, I really did want to be in Suicide Squad, but I couldn't because this film, The Revenant, uh, went over three months. I look at that two ways. One, you know, he's just trying to cover it up because he does want to work with Warner and DC again. Or two, um, that's the truth. Uh, and he could still work with Warner DC again. Either way, I was really happy to kind of see those words. Yeah. Um, just address that, you know? I mean, it's, it's, 
it's like anything in entertainment or, or you know, artistic stuff. If you're going to not do a project or you're going to leave a project, you want to make it very clear. It's not that I don't think the project's worth it. Yeah. You know, if, if you It's have not some you, other project. Reason. It's me. Exactly. I just need yeah. more time yeah. for, like, you know, Alexandro Iñárritu's movie. Yeah. Um, you know, and then he talked about a mystery DC project that he was possibly interested in and that is not currently on the slate. People want to know what that would be. I got to say, I got to think Justice League Dark. You know, because that's the one that's almost on the slate, but not quite. Yeah. Guillermo del Toro, I could see Tom Hardy. That's my guess. I don't know. What do you guys think about it? Um, you know, you, you saw that quote, right? Yeah, While yeah. Hardy was like, oh, this. And then also the Punisher. I think he'd be a great Punisher, too. He would if, be a good Punisher. If he wanted to get up to his warrior physique, then he could be oh, a 5'9 Punisher. Yeah. The dude in Warrior, I was like, Ugh. It's borderline gross, uh, but in a good way. Um, okay, so Stephen Amell, our arrow, um, was vocal about wanting to save Constantine. We were not able to save Constantine, but you know what? Maybe that's for the best. Constantine maybe wasn't, shouldn't be there. But Amel talked about potential crossovers for Matt Ryan's Constantine and him wanting to go that forward. Stephen Amel, say what you want about him and, and the up and downs of the arrow. He doesn't write the show, but man, he is not afraid to speak out in support of other actors. Absolutely. Uh, you know, like Gustin, like Ryan. Um, what, what do you think about that? Like that Constantine crossing over with Arrow. In, in, in some world. I think that would actually be pretty cool. I mean, the, the Constantine wasn't my flavor, but it had a lot of fans for it. So, and, and the ratings were better than some shows that have been staying on. Yeah. So, honestly, if there's a way to save it, either like have him show up in Arrow a couple times and then he can get a Netflix or Hulu deal or something or, yeah. or something... I I think that'd be fine, and and I and I gotta say, like Amel Amel just seems everything he talks every time he talks, man, he just seems like a stand up dude. He does, you know. I, he seems like he speaks his mind, and it isn't yeah. just a company guy, like exactly, he's, you know. And and the support he gave for Grant Gustin when the Flash movie news came out, and now this stuff, and yeah, I think why not? And also, the DC universe on the CW is evolving so much anyway. Having Constantine is not going to make things weirder at this point. You know, yeah, I would. I personally, I'm for it. I could see that Constantine crossing over into Arrow, and it yeah. wouldn't be jarring to me. You no. know, like I've, I'm often talking about, like, oh, that would that would take me out of the world. Not after the Atom has shown up, and right? Everything. Yeah, because then you have like Arrow, which, which is dark, but it can kind of go into the flavor of Flash, yeah. and it's okay. And they've been crossing crossing over pretty seamlessly, which I think is so funny because you don't need to explain how Flash got there. No, you know how Flash got to, uh, you know, wherever Ra's al Ghul is. Man you know, Parmat. it's like he, he freaking ran there. Yeah. That's the best thing about that, because you're always like, how did Bruce Wayne get from there? Yeah. Back to, well, you know what? Flash freaking ran. He ran across yeah. the water. He did whatever. <laughs> he ran. And it's great. He's like, look, I'm here now. I can't help you out. Got to get back yeah. to my own show. Good luck with you guys. We we have the Lazarus Pit now in Arrow, which means magic in some form exists. Yeah, so. you know what? We, uh, we're going to talk about that in, in, in another minute. I, I do just want to say uh, Arrow, the season finale... Leads into Legends of Tomorrow. I don't yes. want to get into too many spoilers if you haven't seen what happened, but um, you know it. It, it kind of the, the ending of Arrow and the finales are always strong. This is what I'm always saying about these shows: is man, if Arrow was twelve smoking hot episodes a season, totally agree with you. So much filler, so much CW soap opera stuff, and and distilled within those twenty three, twenty four episodes are you know twelve hours of great show. Well, I was They're, on. I was on the After Buzz last night with uh, talking about Arrow, and I was bringing up, you know, part of part of what happened earlier in the season of like, what do we do without Ollie? Sort of repeated itself in the last few episodes. Like, you you should have actually just merged those two arcs yeah. together. Like, it, instead of by having so many episodes in this season, last season, we also fall into a few been there, done that areas. Yes, yes. So yeah. many people, and this person's super powered, and this it just takes yeah. the weight out of it all. And I yeah. know that the, the job here is to make money, and we need 23 episodes, but I think you've got enough shows now. I would rather see more shows with fewer episodes, shorter seasons. Yeah, uh, the British model. That's exactly, it I works. think. Exactly. They've been doing it longer. They're older than us. Look to them. Um, speaking of that, we got the Legends of Tomorrow trailer. Yeah. We did. I'm so sorry Johnny's not here to acknowledge it. Yes, in fact, there is shrinkage. The atom will be shrinking. <laughs> um, we also saw Hawkgirl. Yeah. Which looked great. And let me let me just say, I know I'm often critical of the CW and some of that soap operatic dialogue and stuff, but man, their effects have been killing. I can't believe how good Grodd looked. 
Grodd looks awesome. The Flash in general has looked awesome. Captain yeah. Cold, Heat Wave, their guns work. You know, Flash works because the corniness of Flash works because its tone is, is aware. It's just, it fits yeah. in there. Well, it embraces the absurdity. Yes. Yeah. Like having, um, uh, having dude, uh, uh, Cisco naming everybody. Yeah. And then they use that to great effect on this last episode of The Flash where he was there with, what's the girl that he was all into that tried to mess with them? Golden Glider. Golden Glider. Yeah. When he names Golden Glider and it's this sweet, beautiful moment and a moment between them and like there is a great sort of relationship where she is totally manipulating him but she's totally digging him as well yeah yeah no flat flash i mean it just it embraces totally we're based on a comic book the comic book has a lot of weird stuff in it and we're going to reinterpret some of it but we're not going to hide from it either telepathic gorilla we got that it deal with it time travel deal with it yeah uh, but what I was saying to you is like this guy, um, what was his name? Rip Hunter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Couldn't he just be Doctor Who? <laughs> Couldn't he just be any one of the Doctor Who's? Since the Doctors travel through space and time, you could pick any of your favorite Doctors. And like, why not? I, no, I if if it were if it had been Paul McGann or or like Tom Baker with a cane, I would have just I would have died. Uh, or even freaking Chris Eccleston. That would yeah. Been oh, I liked him. Oh, he was amazing. But. It's also kind of fun that that you don't you don't play totally to the fan service idea. Yeah. Like you you have someone who's connected to time travel from another role he did, but he's not just repeating a role he did. Like yes. the, Arthur Darville's character in Doctor Who was a very different person yes. to Rip Hunter. And you can see that so clearly in the trailer already. But there is there is um DNA. There, there yeah, is there's exactly. Right. And I think that's the way to play it. Talk to me about White Canary. How is this girl back? Okay, now let me say, like, I like the actress. I didn't think she was gone from the universe at all. Right. Um, but how are, no, we're bringing her back. Is White Canary a thing? Or are they just taking that from, like, the Blackest Night storyline? The idea that White Lanterns come back? Sizzler, help me out here. This is where I need to dial a Sizzler. There, there was a White Canary in the Birds of Prey relaunch after oh, Brightest Day. Okay. It is a different character. And uh, it was a character of color, so already there there are criticisms about we have whitewashed another character. Yeah, why white canary got to be white? White, right? So because I mean you've got like Sin in uh, Arrow is is white, uh -huh. where she's not in the comics, right? Yeah, you know, um, there have been a couple instances of that happening, and people aren't wild about that. But honestly, and and normally I'm on that side. I'm not I'm not for whitewashing characters, but. Uh, I really liked her. I really, I really. I liked, liked her Sarah. too. Yeah. I, uh, who's to say? I liked her better than Laurel as the canary. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. That was just a little silly to me. Like that she also then is like fighting. It was like it was just that one too many. It was like, all right, I'll buy that she trained and she can kick ass now, but her too. Like everybody is such a good fighter. Like some people are not good. Yeah. No. I. I. And well, also we just we they didn't they didn't earn. When her, she became a good fighter, like her right. her storyline was a little. In her case, the storyline was a little too quick on on some areas. Cause, right. Which it, one are you talking about, Laurel or Laurel, Sarah? Okay. Laurel. In Sarah, Sarah, we hadn't seen her. She's in gone. Years. You could say she's so gone. So we could right. say like you know she trained and she went to boot camp. It takes away from the weight of 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 our lead of like what it he does. had to become. It does. It also implies like that. Anyone, it, it implies a higher level of laziness and incompetence in the Starling City Police. Because if anyone who just takes five boxing lessons with Wildcat could be yeah. this badass, yeah. then, you know, what the hell, guys? And the same thing with, uh, not, this is minor spoiler for Arrow Finale, but like Felicity piloting the Atom suit. You know, that I, I was okay with. Because she worked on it? Because she helped him build it. All right. So I'm okay with that for, for that, and also because. Ray Palmer was put into a bad situation where he he couldn't do something in the Adam suit. He had to right. do something else. Yeah, I'm not spoiling this, but and the decision he made was the right moral choice, and and so I'm totally I'm totally down for that. All right, look, I'll give it to you. I'll give it to yeah. you because you're a guest of the show. <laughs> um, so let's see. Moving on, Vandal Savage is going to be the villain 
in this Legends. I think that's a great choice. I love it. I love Vandal Savage. Talk to me a little bit about the history of Vandal Savage for some of our viewers who might not be very familiar I mean, with Vandal. Yeah, Break it down. Well, first of all, Vandal Savage is an amazing name. It, it's like being, It is. It's so much fun to say. It's like being called Violent Ruffian. Vandal Savage. <laughs> The uh, so Vandal Savage started off as a as a Golden Age villain, uh, fighting the Justice Society of America, which is the first superhero team of comic book history. Mm-hmm. And they they had him. Oh, was that a fact? The Justice Society team is the first superhero before team. Justice League before any- yes, yeah, before not just in the universe but historically. Yeah, uh, yeah, because uh, crossovers wasn't a big thing in the Golden Age of comics. It was not. Assumed that they all existed in the same universe is actually usually assumed that people existed in their own universes, uh, even if it was in the same comic. So, so yeah, Just Society was huge, and that teamed up. You know, the original Sandman, the original Green Lantern, the original Adam, the original Flash, uh, Johnny Thunder, and uh, Our Man. No Superman, New Batman on those teams. No. They literally, the first adventure of the Justice Society, they were all gathering together to have dinner and hang out. And someone said, we're Superman and Batman. And someone else said, oh, they're too busy starring in their own books. And so they really said there. that. Yeah, there was. This is why you have the Sizzler Kissler on the show, ladies and gentlemen, because these pearls of wisdom. I've been reading comics for thirty years. <laughs> I, I don't know this stuff. Yeah, that, like, I love it. There was totally fourth wall acknowledgement <laughs> right there. <laughs> That's awesome. And 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 the first Just Society story is just all of them having dinner and each of them talking about you know I had this weird adventure recently <laughs> and it was just a bunch of vignettes and then so the first actual team up was the next issue where they actually like fought a villain together. But so Vandal Savage was this immortal villain who fought them, and he later became a Justice League villain. He actually has, in DC Comics, uh, connections to Roy Harper as well. Uh, the story we eventually learned of him is that there was there's also another character called Immortal Man. And he and Vandal Savage were basically Neanderthals. They were like yeah. missing links, possibly, or early man. And a meteorite struck, and some... Uh, originally said to be a gas or radiation, and then it was later said to be nanotechnology of alien build. Either way, contact with the meteor made Vandal Savage immortal and gave the immortal man his own form of immortality where he would basically regenerate every now and then, similar to Doctor Who. Okay. And so Vandal's, Vandar Arg of the Blood Tribe eventually keeps living and living, renames himself Vandal Savage. Mm-hmm. He has either helped or been Genghis Khan, depending on which version of his story you've listened to. I like that. He has worked alongside Napoleon and against Napoleon. Like, he's he's been here all the time. I love when they drop fictional characters into history like that. That's yeah, and, and that. his whole deal is, like, he, he plays such a long game, and he is immortal, that... He sort of doesn't mind if occasionally his plans backfire here and there, because he'll just try again later. And he actually has brought up that the reason why he's not more public sometimes is because he sometimes waits a couple decades for there to be a new champion or a new realm of heroes that's just worth humiliating. (laughs) And so so I love that aristocratic, snide uh, arrogance coming from essentially a caveman. And, and seems like Apocalypse kind of steals a little bit from Vandal Savage. There's a little bit, yeah. There's a little bit of Apocalypse uh, from Vandal Savage. Also, Vandal Savage, though... Marvel have, Apocalypse, not DC Planet. They they have talked about how his immortality has weakened a little bit over time. He's been aging a little bit over the last few centuries, and, is, and sometimes... He can't heal as well as he used to. Is he super strong? Does he use mysticism or magic? He he has used mysticism at times. Uh And and Greg Rucka connected him to the biblical Cain, that he actually is the inspiration for Cain. So we've we've connected him to demonic energies at times. But one thing with uh, when he's been seriously injured and has had to really replace organs because he's not sure he can necessarily regrow it back, he has kept track of descendants of his. And will use them as organ farms. And Roy Harper is a descendant of Vandal Savage, we found out. Boom! So we brought it all together there. Roy Harper is... Uh, wow. So what, how are they gonna, how are they gonna bring that together? I don't know if they're, if they're gonna bring it up or, or not, but it would be a great way to, if you wanted Roy to show up as a cameo again in some way. You don't think he, you think he's off the show now or? For a while at least. I could see him as like a recurring character. I could see him become like an Amanda Waller type character. Okay. 
you know. But I think I think we're not going to see Roy as like a regular based on the events of Arrow recently. Well, I hope they stick to that. I hope they stick to something because I'm sure other events of Arrow aren't going to stick, even though they say they will. Um, let's talk about some other big news. There's a lot there with Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah, Supergirl. Uh, we hear that it is picked up the series. David Harewood dropped some hints about possibly going the cyborg Superman route. And then, of course, we got the Supergirl trailer starring Melissa Benoist. That's how you say it. It's Benoist. It's not Benoit. It's not Benoist. Now I know. Um, I thought this looked great. Uh, I'm a little confused about the world, and that's why I wanted to ask you, Sizzler. Uh, we clearly have a Kal-El in this world. Yeah. We see Superman in the trailer. Right. She references him. Um, you know, it almost seems like to me, my, my short, and, and guys, let me know what you think of this. Like, I can buy that, but then, then if you then introduce the fact that it's the same world as Arrow and everybody else, now it starts to strain credulity a little bit because mm-hmm. I'm like, now Superman's in all their world. But if it's just her and it's just them and she's doing like, she's like the, the, you know, she's trying to be like her cousin, then maybe I can buy it. What's your take on what you get of the world they're setting up, uh, in this Supergirl? Well, a lot of the creatives behind the Arrow Flash universe are also involved in setting this up. Berlanti, yes. Yeah, Berlanti's there. And so it makes sense that there's a similar texture to it, a similar flavor. Uh, as for crossing over and being part of the universe, Berlanti certainly would like it to all be one universe. CBS has said that although they're open to that, they're not rushing into that. So we shouldn't expect a crossover like in her first season. Uh, and part of that is the fact that it's different networks. Yeah. You know, so... I don't know. We this might just be something where in season two they'll start. But look- does that bother you that like okay? I mean, like they're acknowledging Kal El, they're acknowledging Superman. Right. So then, if they cross over, then Superman exists. Right. But we haven't acknowledged Superman. How do you then? How do you retrofit that? I just don't get it. How do you retcon I mean, that? I mean, sometimes you just have to mentally mentally adjust because plans change here yeah. and there with some some shows. It's not the best thing to have to do. And, uh, but but there is a saving grace in that. Flash and Arrow have established there have been previous superheroes before. Oh, have they? Okay. Because Flash, in Flash, we met the trickster, and he was a supervillain, even if right. there were no heroes necessarily fighting him. Although right. maybe there was, and we didn't bring it up. Right. And in Arrow, uh, Wildcat had a career, he mentions, before Arrow ever showed up. So right. we've established previous. that there have been people here and there... It, it it depends on sort of how you play Superman. Yeah, is Scott he... Hansen is saying CBS is a sister network of CW. Yes, I totally know. Oh, yeah, I know yeah, that yeah. they no, can know that. do it. What yeah. I'm saying is because of the fact that right, like if Supergirl just comes out and she's in the same world as Arrow Flash, we buy that because she's been in hiding up to this point. It's all in the same timeline. Right. But in this world, what we saw from the trailer is that Superman's already out there. And she right. just has been laying low. She didn't even really know she had these powers. Right. So what I'm saying is, like, Superman is such a looming presence in the DC universe, it would be difficult to establish that he already existed in the world of the Flash and Arrow and the Legends of Tomorrow, and we've never established it before. That's all I'm saying. I mean, it's 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 one of those things where you can you can come up with a way of why it hasn't been a major issue, why Superman has never shown up to like deal with uh, an earthquake mm-hmm. in Starling City and stuff. Yep. Or you can play it, uh, maybe this Superman, this version of Superman will be more clandestine or more limited in power. Maybe yep. he's off planet a lot. Off planet, yeah. You know, there's always even even just more road. limited, I mean, the original Superman radio show, Superman is actually clandestine. For the first like couple dozen episodes, yeah. no one actually knows that he exists or not. He's a rumor. I think that the uh, effects on this show. I mean, we've seen lots of Superman TV shows before, and I thought the flying and everything. I thought it looked really good. I mean, I think I, it looks great. I, I'm, I'm I'm happy with it. And I've noticed some people say like, "Hey, you know, the tone of this is kind of the tone that they're missing from the Man of Steel movies." So I like that. I think. I, I just think that overall, it's cool that Marvel is doing everything in the same world, and right. now they almost have to be stuck to it because you can't just stick one out. I'm so glad that DC is so not doing that, yeah. that if Supergirl is in their own world and Arrow and Flash are all in their own world, we buy it. We buy all these different yeah, I'm, I'm multiverses. Cool I'm cool with it either way. If If they want to start crossing over, they'll figure out a way to do it. If they want to keep it separate, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm cool with it either way. I mean... 
You're also because they could tell their own stories now. Like yeah. we have, you, we have multiples of the same villains, you know. And Gotham's off in its own thing. Yeah. Speaking of Gotham, Gotham's going to be going up against Supergirl. What do you think of that? Do you think that's a good strategy? Does it not matter because people DVR stuff anyway? It doesn't matter to us as much because, because we're going to watch both. Because we're going to watch both because we have DVR because we have Hulu. You know, we have these services, but. They're going to have to... Uh, the, a lot of the networks still count ratings by old models. Right. So I'm really hoping this and other similar situations are going to start making them up, waking them up. Like, you can't use the old model. You have to take into account DVR. You have to take into account Hulu. So how do you see this playing out? Because I, I feel like you're going to splinter the comic book faithful as far as what they're going to watch first, but more... Maybe adults might be more inclined to watch Gotham. I mean, I don't know. They're kind of a different vibe. They're so. definitely a different vibe. It's, like, my dad likes Gotham. You know, right. he's like, yeah. it's it's dark, it's a cool show, he's cool with Gotham. Yeah. And I made my peace with Gotham, just because of what I was saying before. I'm yeah. like, you know what, I don't care that they introduce every character. It's its own thing. Just yeah. let it be its own story. It doesn't affect anything else other than its own thing, you know? It's just like Batman going against Jack the Ripper. It's like, that's a story. Cool. Sure. Um, but I don't know. How do you think that it will split the audiences? I mean, the, that's the thing. Like, there, there are a lot of people who wouldn't watch both shows. They, they would prefer one flavor over the other. There, yeah. There are people out there who, you know, they don't want a girly superhero. They, they want to watch something dark and, and, and gritty and grounded in, in some form of reality. And there are other people who were saying, you know, I'm done with grit <laughs> and darkness. I want to see, yeah. I want to see someone who's, Embracing her own awkwardness and absurdity, like Flash, but a girl and someone who's who's girly but can kick ass. I think that the only way this breaks down because Supergirl is the new show. This is just going to hurt Gotham. There's no two ways about yeah. it because Supergirl doesn't have a rating to live up to, but it's going to hurt Gotham. Yeah, it's going to take some of that. It's got to. So Gotham, if it was an on the bubble thing toward the end, and I think the ratings might have been floundering a little bit in the end. Yeah. I think this could possibly hurt, possibly put the nail. Possibly could kill Gotham. Um, but one thing that won't kill Gotham is Morena Bakarin is now a series regular as Dr. Leslie Tompkins. That was a nice little segue there. Um, I <laughs> love this actress. I loved her on... Oh, she is fantastic. On Firefly. V. Uh, I mean, like, she's... Uh, she a V. Yeah. Homeland. Deadpool now she's in. She's all over the place. No, she's fantastic. She's so talented. And she can express so much in just an just a glance. And how happy were you when she shows up on Gotham and you're like, because Gordon's with this bitch. You know, it's a, <laughs> not a nice word that's sometimes they, used for women. You know, and like she was hot and rich, but man, what a bet. This one's a doctor and she's super sexy and she's great and everyone's like, go with her. And you know what we were saying? Like, you know what? In this world of Gotham, he could end up with her, and they could get married, and they could have a daughter named Barbara. If they actually, if they actually went that route, I would give them so much respect. Yeah, like, I actually have a lot of respect when the adaptations decide, screw it, we're going our own path. Otherwise, like, all of us fanboys in our chat rooms know where it's going eventually. Exactly. Well, it's like in in uh, season season eight of of Smallville, which I loved. Uh, Jimmy Olsen died. Their version of Jimmy Olsen. Was and, she was Gideon on the Flash? Was she on the Flash? Morena? Yeah, Morena? What are you telling me, chat roll? She's on Flash as well? She was. That sounds familiar. Oh, my God. She bears it all in Homeland. Yes, emotionally. She bears it all emotionally in Homeland. Um, so I'm excited about that. Uh, in more Fox news, Lucifer is coming to Fox uh, based on the Neil Gaiman version of the character. Loosely. Sam, loosely. Loosely. We'll get to that. Um, again, I was going to say, like, probably, like, in a post-college era when I was not super into comics at that time because I thought I was too cool for it around the age of 22, somebody turned me on to the Sandman series, brought me back into comics all the way. I started reading those, and I'm like, this is so incredible. Then I picked up a couple of Lucifers. I'm not super um, familiar with the whole canon of it, but it wasn't what it looked like from that trailer that I saw. <laughs> <laughs> exactly the same thing at all even yeah no this is this is not the comic and we just have to we just have to accept that it's it, not the comic i gotta say to me it looked like a lame procedural it looked like the mentalist or something like that like here's the thing yeah he's in the devil but he's super charming and british and like a cop it looked the same thing as um 
uh, uh, Ichabod, Sleepy Hollow kind of thing. Well, it's it's got this, some of the same people involved. Oh, isn't it Len Wiseman too? Yeah, it's Len Wiseman. It's Underworld. It says, "Well, we think, I don't think we know." I'm doing the. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, gotta say, wanted it to look good, didn't look good. Honestly, I it, it doesn't look like the comic, and it doesn't look like something totally new. But I thought it looked charming. You're giving and, it a chance. Yeah, I'm totally going to give Lucifer a chance. Also, I'm a big fan of Tom Ellis. Uh, he's he was on the comedy series Miranda. Okay. Uh, with Miranda Hart, he's he was great. He oh, was also, Miranda Hart. Yeah. I'm actually going to speak to her tomorrow. She's in the movie Spy. I love Miranda Hart. I'm a huge fan of hers. You know, and I got to tell you something. The movie Spy. It's freaking great. I'm going to watch the hell out of that. I'm it so was excited. so funny. I okay. saw it in a little private screening. Guess who was in this private screening? I don't know if I'm speaking out of turn or not. Larry King. Hey, how is everybody doing? Yeah. yeah. Sit down. I'm in this screening because I'm interviewing the cast tomorrow. And out loud laughing. It is not as sticky, slapsticky as you think it is. And the action awesome. that Paul Feig does is actually taken seriously. Statham, Jason Statham, playing it totally serious, has some of the best laugh lines in the film. That's fantastic. That's all I'm going to say about that. I think it's going to do huge. You're going to hear it's going to get really good reviews. It's, it was great. Um, so that's great that now I can tie it back to Miranda with with uh, this guy. Yeah, no, Tom Ellis, he's, he's a great actor. He was also on Doctor Who uh, for a little bit. in oh, season. He? Yeah, he, in season three. Uh, Martha Jones meets him. He's a doctor when when the master has kind of destroyed Earth, and and he helps Martha Jones. Oh, cool! Yeah, and it was he's so he's a great actor. I find him very charming. I think I think the show could be charming. Will it last past a season? I don't know. It might hit a similar thing with Constantine. I, 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 I'm just so into the shows now that really have a narrative arc. It could have elements of a procedural, but I like to see a story moving forward. I, I completely agree with you. And, there. and that's, again, why I always have a problem with this 23 episode season. It's like sometimes like two, yeah. three build up on my DVR and I feel like it's a chore to get through these things rather than being actually compelling. And I don't want to consume any media like that. I don't want to read like that. I don't want to watch TV like that. No, like where I, I have agree. to be on several devices. I want each piece of story to be so rich that I absolutely cannot look away word because it's so compelling <clears throat> speaking of compelling um uh let's see we have uh loose uh titans update titans not dead but uh it's looking good for 2016 and keep a goldsman uh and the people at tnt kind of saying like look um tv's full of superheroes right now this is kind of on the back burner but the talk is that it's still going to involve nightwing it's going to involve oracle very much the same way that supergirl is going to exist in a world with superman this is going to be in a very batman centric world and i ask you the same question can it exist with an arrow and all that stuff if it's going to exist with a batman world and will we accept a series in which batman exists but he's only talked about and doesn't make an appearance isn't that kind of like a tease a MacGuffin, a red herring uh, a schmageggy i mean if we were having a show like gotham central like that comic i think we could accept it more because those would be the cops who exist in batman's world but it makes sense that he's not hanging out with them when you're actually having nightwing and oracle there i mean unless like batman seriously you know relocated to hong kong or london for a while like where where i mean where's the show taking place is it in bloodhaven or i think it's going to be in a different city um it's also interesting that it's going to use like uh, uh raven i think it's going to use possibly starfire like it's going to use some of these it's going to hawk and dove it sounds like it's going to have some real supernatural elements but be very nightwing centric which could be good i'm still excited to see the show i just I mean, seeing nightwing on air is going to be awesome. so cool no that that alone has me excited so i'll give it a shot yeah and again i i, I want to see more of DC kind of keeping everything separate. I think it's just the way to do it. Um, I am worried about a little bit of saturation, though. Like, at some point, this bubble is going to burst, and people yeah. are going to be like, I'm just sick of it. It's in the TV. It's in the movies. I kind of want it to, like, quiet down because so I don't want to see it all end. It'll be a crisis on infinite media. It, it will. It's exactly what we're heading to. Um, finally, uh, or actually, two last things. Preacher has begun filming. Um, are you a fan of that series? Yes. That was another one of those series that I like that I read. I got every collection of it. So funny, such beautiful art. It's it's that to me is like like just just the most modern 
Western epic that we've had, like the best Western epic in modern times. So amazingly well done. Don't think about the Green Hornet with Seth Rogen's involvement. Seth Rogen has been open about, like, he never wants to do a big-budget feature like that because the studios got involved. He makes good movies. He and Evan Goldberg directing this, executive producing this, I think that's a great fit. I mean, what do you guys think? Like, this is a great story, and it's a story that has a beginning, middle, and an end. Whether it goes five yes. seasons or three seasons, yeah. it's a story. We already know where it's go- where it's going to go, and that and it's probably going to be twelve episodes when it gets picked up to series. Oh yeah, Seth Rogen directing. I think both of them are directing. Right? It's on the thing. It says directors. It says directors. Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg. And Evan Goldberg. Yeah, that's great. I'm so excited. Dominic Cooper. It is funny to me that in such a like an American mythos like tale that none of the main actors so far are American. Yeah, that's true. The but screw it, they're, they're actors. They will play Americans. Like, they're good actors, and they're they're very good. I'm looking forward to this. Um, finally, a little bit of comic book news. Aquaman has a new look in the comics in Convergence. As you can see, I've got some of my Convergence comics here. Yeah, still in the bags. Got to whip them out. Got to get. I love that there's Azrael in this. I'm excited about this. I got a double one, so I gave you one. I felt so old when when I was I was looking at this cover with a friend of mine who's been reading comics for like maybe 15 years or so, but she was just like, "What is this? Is that Black Panther in armor?" Because uh, she just didn't read Nightfall because that was 20 years ago. I read Nightfall in the ago. comics, and then I also read a novelization of it, which I don't even know why. I, I, read, I read that novelization too, <laughs> and then I got the audiobook <laughs> because it had a full cast. We're such nerds! No, I love anytime, it! <laughs> anytime DC Comics releases one of their audio dramas where it's got a full cast, I get it. I absolutely get it. It's Even fun. if it's not that good, I'm like, no, I gotta. I I didn't I didn't like Countdown <laughs> that much. I I had to read the novelization and I had to get that audio drama. Oh, so good. So yeah, Aquaman. I, love DC. I, I like this look a lot. I think obviously, look, people that are saying like, oh, they're just trying to align the films and the comics. Well, duh. Yeah, that's not a the terrible mo- thing. No, the movies make billions for the same company, yeah. and the comics make yeah a couple hundred grand. You know, and maybe a couple million when all, all said and done. And honestly, this is a compromise between like a classic Aquaman look and the look that we saw in the poster. Yeah, and if you make a good compromise, then why on earth would I object? To that? That's fantastic. I'm sorry. Look, I very top heavy. Look, uh, Aquaman uh, should look. Should look. I, I prefer yeah. the Aquaman, the shirtless, the hand, the one hand, or this yeah. look than the orange and green. You're never going to be as cool as you make the orange and green look. It's never going to work as cool as some of these alternate looks. Yeah. He's not a character that I think is so about the costume. Like if you radically change Batman's costume outside of like these special editions or Azrael, then I'm pissed. Right. If you greatly change the spirit of what Superman's costume in, is for, no, that's different. Yeah. For me, Aquaman is improved by. Uh, an improved costume. Um, so I, I think it's cool. And the I, science just works out. The science just works out. Exactly. <laughs> um, so that's all the topics we have for today. Um, Captain Cold is awesome, chat room. Captain Cold is awesome. Oh, yeah, that's another thing. In Legends of Tomorrow, Captain Cold and Heatwave are both on the team, yeah. on the squad. That's interesting. Which I, on one hand, I love. On the other hand, like, but I want to see them lead the rogues. I I agree. I just every time I see that fur collar man, I think all I can think is that guy must be hot. He's inside. <laughs> he's not outside in the cold. Yeah, Nothing looks yeah. cold, and you're rocking a fur collar. I get it. You love cold. You got this cold gun, but right, dude. How about some nice like form fitting ski wear? Right. <laughs> Reeker of havoc. I agree. Like Snyder, uh, the way he oh, the way he made Aquaman look, I think is pretty cool. I would I would hold back on a couple of those tattoos. <laughs> I was getting a little busy on that, but no, I think he, I think he came up with a good, good look for Aquaman. Yeah, that Islander look. Yeah, the Islander looks good. All right, well, uh, anything, anything exciting new happening for you that you want to tell everybody before we uh, bid them adieu? Uh, I mean, I'll be on a few panels at San Diego Comic Con. That's been confirmed, so so you can find me there if you're at San Diego. I'm gonna be there. I hope we can uh, hang out there, man. Absolutely, I have a good time. Like last year is like where I met all the schmoes and everything was at Comic Con last year. It's been a great year for me since then. Getting involved in FX and all this, and getting back like this. Uh, this is the most fun thing to do to get out and just geek out about oh, comics and totally. stuff. And and I'll go home and I'll listen to ten of these podcasts too from other people. Uh, so for once again. Uh, Give Gary, give your info. I'm Alan Kistler. You can find me on Twitter at Sizzler Kistler, K-I-S-T-L-E-R. 
And I contribute to a number of sites, such as the Mary Sue, and you can find archives of my work at alankistler.com. Love it. Uh, Adam Gertler, at Adam Gertler, FX Movie Download, Sausages, Stuff, Comics. We'll see you guys next time. Thank you. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only, and not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.